Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla, at AlexPadilla86 on Twitter. He's Alex Regla, at AlexMRegla on Twitter. Alex, how's your all-star break going? It's going well, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Did you like tune in and watch all of the all-star festivities? I, I think this was like the first year where, no, like I didn't tune into like any of it. And I heard um, the slam dunk contest kind of got ripped. Did you, did you watch that? I mean, when does it not? I mean, the only time it didn't get ripped was when Aaron Gordon and Zach uh-huh. went off, but I heard nothing but bad things about NBA Saturday. I did not tune in at okay. all. So I didn't miss Saturday. out much. Okay. Uh, not from what I read and it looks like you the same, you know, un- <laughs> for whatever reason, the only thing that I actually watched, I caught all the NBA 75 stuff on Twitter mm-hmm. so that I didn't feel like I missed anything there. But um, on Friday, uh, I was getting ready to go out or something and my fiance wasn't ready. So I turned on ESPN and I legit watched <laughs> 90% of the celebrity basketball game, like way too much of it. It was just in the background. I was on my phone and, and yeah, that's that was my all-star intake was this all was the the celebrity game how was it i think i caught like five or ten minutes of it and then i'm like ah okay um <laughs> i was incredibly impressed by miles garrett the football player for the I, Cleveland I, Browns. I did see him at the end of the game like after the buzzer threw down a dunk i was like oh yeah crap. i think all of his points came on dunks or attempted dunks uh he was incredible to see a guy that size be able to do that it's just it's kind of scary that the human body is able to do those things. Um, but I, I have a Peloton and one of the guys that one of the instructors that I take often won the MVP, Alex Toussaint. Oh, so crap. that was uh, interesting to see. He just, he was a ball hog. He's the guy that you go to the, you go play a pickup game and he's not <laughs> passing it to anybody, but uh, yeah, that was it, man. And then I know that LeBron hit the game winner mm-hmm. and that the Kobe Bryant award was given to Steph who I did see on Twitter. 15 three-pointers something crazy like i don't that. think yeah. the lakers have will make that in the next three games <laughs> and he made 15 in a game which is the most ever i mean it doesn't count but that would be the most ever in any game by three i think the record is 12 three-pointers in a game probably that he set and uh yeah that was uh that, that was it man well i mean they're always fun like in their own way but um yeah a lot of negativity on twitter this time around well, that's what like that's why I didn't want to tune in. I was angry at LeBron. Like I was just I know. Like, it's like, oh. dude, can you stop, man? Like, and that's what we're going to hear you talk about. Listen, if you're, if you subscribe to this podcast network, everyone's going to give you their take on LeBron. It's the all-star break. We don't, Lakers don't play till Friday. I'm not going to go search for something new and, and break down, you know, I don't even know what, but the point is LeBron and his agents are, or his agent doing a lot of talking. Uh, even Rich Paul directly telling Stephen A. Smith what to say on first take yesterday. <laughs> like it's gotten to that level now of finger pointing because this season is such a disaster. I mean, by any stretch of the imagination, this season is a disaster. Would you agree with that? Um, Yeah, there's, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's little things here and there. Austin Reeves, you know, Malik Monk, those, like those two things have been nice to see, especially if Malik Monk resigns. If they're able able to afford, I don't know what the of cap spaces, but Austin Reeves are, is great. Those two things have have been nice, but other than that, I mean, nothing 
is going well. And now publicly nothing is going well. And now instead of people accepting, I think we got a taste of it a few weeks ago when the reports were coming out, they were going to fire Frank Vogel. I think the finger pointed started a while ago and now it's just becoming more and more public and nobody wants to take blame or responsibility for any of the, the disastrous things that have happened this year. Um, and I'll just give you my initial thought and we could jump into it. My initial thought is that I really don't like LeBron playing the innocent bystander in all this. Like, I, I feel like he's coming off as like, look at everything that's happening around me that I had nothing to do with. This is unacceptable. I don't understand why, why, why all this is happening to me and, and, and my, and my team. That's the vibe I got. Did you get any of that at all? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we're going to hear a lot of it from both sides going forward. It was like the, like you said, the finger pointing game and who's at fault. And uh, we're never going to know exactly how much, of course, LeBron had a role in, in everything, but we have heard, I mean, a lot of reports that, you know, the Westbrook thing was at least like signed off on by him, like if not pushed for. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, he at least had a major hand in that part of it and how the roster looks, of course, like Rob Plink has been saying from the, since last year, how much he kind of communicates with LeBron and AD about any kind of roster moves. And we kind of heard like the negative point of that when LeBron said, oh, well, I didn't have any input at this trade deadline. So again, I, I, I don't know how much of what to believe from each side, but yeah, it, it's getting ugly. I think it's kind of disappointing too. Like instead of just being stand up about it, like, Hey, we tried this thing with Russ and you know, we're going to try and make it work. It's like, you know, I'm going to go play in Cleveland. I'm going to go play wherever Bronny goes. You know, as he starts tweeting all these sub tweets about less need saying, you know, fuck them picks t-shirt that he's wearing the Rams general manager. If you don't know this wore a t-shirt that says, uh, fuck them picks and because he trades all the way his first round picks and LeBron goes, that's, that's my kind of guy. Um, other things that he said over the weekend. And it's just like, even as an outsider, even if you don't follow this team on a day-to-day basis, like both of us do and know everything about this team, you, there's an understanding that the moves that happened for the Lakers happened because of LeBron James and because of clutch. I mean, how many players are clutch players on this team? I don't know, like a good amount though. And you'd have to be incredibly naive to think that such a drastic roster move would happen without at least telling LeBron, we're going to trade for Russell Westbrook. We're going to take the ball out of your hands and put it in his and take away something that you like to do and give it, you know, like that's just, you have to be naive to, to believe that. So Unfortunately for the team, and you're right, dude, it's going to be a lot of finger pointing. It's going to be public. He's saying all these things with Palinka in the building, by the way. Didn't he? I saw screenshots of Palinka there. It's just, I don't know, man. It's a complicated situation. But right now, the one guy that I like to point my disappointment towards is LeBron because he's the one talking. I, I think the Lakers are kind of at that stage of every lebron james team right like it, it it's really good when it's going well it's great and you most likely are going to win championship or be in contention the lakers already got theirs and but we're also as fans experiencing like maybe the negative parts of the lebron james experience where 
towards the end or when things start going bad and like his free agency is coming up, there's a lot of pressure on the front office to make really drastic moves for win now moves. And the Lakers didn't do that at the trade deadline. And we can argue if that's a good or bad thing. And um, I, I think it would have been really short-sighted to now hearing LeBron's thoughts about possibly leaving anyway, if they would trade those picks and they were going to be completely empty of their assets and LeBron just walks out the door, yeah, uh, it would have been really ugly, like even yeah. uglier than it could be. So, but uh, yeah, that it's how the Lakers manage next year. Cause I think LeBron has one more year left on mm-hmm. his deal. They could extend him and it'll be interesting to see if LeBron's even willing to do that. And if he does, then I mean, cool. But if not, then. Well, let me um, ask you that question. That's an interesting, I think, um, you know, maybe it's, it's prisoner of the moment, but I think the conversation is now being had, like, what do you do with LeBron in the off season? Whereas two months ago, three months ago, this is something that you would never would ask. Mm-hmm. You just assume you're building around LeBron regardless of everything, but the way everything has panned out, you're four games below 500 after 58 games. Like you're not a good team. Simple as that. You could, you could blame all the injuries and the COVID as much as you want. Fact is, they weren't tearing it up with when the three of them were healthy recently. So I think that's going to be a question. I think it's a fair question to ask. I know I've asked myself if, if I'm the Lakers, I don't think Jeannie bus is going to get rid of Kurt Rambis anytime soon. I really don't. And I think that the indication of their unwillingness to get rid of a 2027 pick, regardless of it's a first, which it was a first, I think their unwillingness to do that, to make LeBron happy signifies that this front office probably has a lot more say than we previously thought, if that makes sense. I think like I was under the assumption they would go all in because LeBron and clutch wanted them to go all in the fact that they didn't, even though the move really doesn't make any sense signals to me, there could be a potential divorce here. So I'm going to keep everything I can and see what happens this summer. Yeah. uh, I think they're, having no action at the trade deadline kind of speak to a lot of volumes about like where they're at versus uh, maybe where LeBron's mindset is like LeBron who he could care less about any picks from five years from now. Right. Like hmm. he's probably he's not going to be playing. playing with Bronny or retired in yeah. Italy somewhere. So the Lakers kind of staying pat and kind of just, you know, holding on to those that I think that does send a bit of a message about where their mindset is about the future. But yeah, like you said about considering trading LeBron, I, I don't think they, of course, they might consider it, but unless LeBron goes to them directly asking for a trade request, like I don't see them doing that. I, I think the most likely outcome is they re- revisit offseason moves with, with Westbrook and maybe having that 2029 pick become available in the offseason, they're more likely to move a pick and try to make one last run at it next year. But then again, after that, who knows if LeBron's going to stay on board after this? I think why I'm open to the idea of trading LeBron. He doesn't have a no trade clause, by the way. Not that many guys do in the NBA. Um, You haven't, he's putting up MVP type numbers, but they're falling empty. You know, it's like, and I don't know if this is going to be harsh or not. Like, it's like you have two Russell Westbrooks right now. You have guys putting up these monster numbers or not even monster for Russ, but Russ is putting up like career highs and like field goal percentage and stuff like that. But you can't really tell. These numbers are just cut. Are there empty numbers right now? So it's like, is LeBron able to elevate this roster? Because would you assume, unless something crazy, crazy, crazy happens, 
Don't you think a majority of this roster will kind of be back or do you think they'll be able to improve? Like from what they have, I mean, like you have these one-year vet guys. Are they able to get more than one-year vet guys this summer? Yeah, no, they're not going to have a lot of flexibility. If anything, they're just going to like try again with the one-year vets and not not these one-year vets. Like these guys will all be gone and they're, yeah. they're going to try to bring in four or five new guys and hope they stick or hope they find another Malik Monk or whatever. Um, but yeah, their their ability to kind of get better around the margins is not is not there. And unless they trade a Westbrook to bring something back or long term money back in another form, like they honestly, like there there's not a ton of ways to make this work um, with given what they have. And if they would have traded those picks, they wouldn't have even less options. Mm-hmm. So I mean. I don't know what happens. Like, I wonder who, if it's not LeBron, like the Palinka side of things, I wonder how much he's actually in jeopardy, how much like heat the ownership is in Frank Vogel. Like we can just assume, like, I doubt he's back next year, Right. but um, yeah, there's probably a lot of heads that are going to fall here in the soft season. It's, it's pretty interesting too. Cause the, the NBA bubble, the championship was what? 18 19 months ago it wasn't that long ago but the amount of things that have happened to the organization makes it feel like it's like five years ago um so my my perception of people on in the organization has completely changed from orlando it just really has like to me i don't think i always thought palinka just kind of lucked out that lebron was he was coming to la rob didn't do that magic didn't do that like lebron was coming to la the biggest thing they ever did was trade for anthony davis like that was the move that got them the championship. And ever since that happened, we all know, I'm just repeating things now, but he has chipped this roster away into what it is now. Like it's like an empty vault of nothing, you know? And I don't know that keeping Palinka and firing Vogel is going to fix anything, but if you still have Kurt Rambis at the end of the day, it's like, who's really making the decisions. Like now we have to question that from all the reports that we've learned this year. It's, it's a complicated thing, man, because you can, this is a perfect time where if you had a, a blame pie, you could really distribute this thing a lot of different mm-hmm. ways. You really could. And it's, there's not a right answer. And I don't think there's a wrong answer. If you tell me, if you, Alex, you're like, if I, if I asked you right now, what's the number one thing you do this off season when it comes to firings? If you tell me nobody bring everybody back, I'm like, okay, well, I can see why that might be beneficial. If you tell me fire Frank and fire Rob and start from the top, I can see that. If you tell me trade LeBron, you can sell me on everything. You really can't. You could sell me on trading AD. You really could. Like, I don't, I, you can't rely on AD to be healthy. It's, it's such a complicated and convoluted mess that the Lakers are in. It's, it's so hard to wrap your mind around everything. Well, like if, if we could assume, like, say the Lakers, you know, they get into the play in, they lose in the first round, like, unless there's a real airing out of grievances of like LeBron, the front office, the coaching staff, the ownership, like we can assume LeBron's not going into next year that healthy, happy, right? Like we can assume they're going to lose in the playoffs. Um, and LeBron's probably not going to be happy. He's going to push for a big move again in the off season mm-hmm. in some form. I don't know what they can do that can please him. But like, if you're the Lakers, you're fear of the front office. How do you approach the off season? Then do you try to, please LeBron somehow, or do you kind of hold your ground and kind of focus on maybe more long-term? I think you have to focus on long-term because LeBron's going to be 38 years old next year. He's got one year deal remaining. If you're planning on 
going all in again, that's a lot of belief into a team that's not giving you reason to believe. So I think that you have to start looking long-term. I mean, listen, bringing LeBron in, bringing Clutch in, bringing AD in, it's, it's all worked out. Like, don't get that twisted. One championship is so hard to do. Yeah. I know that we're used to three-peats and doubles and all this stuff as in Lakers. Dude, you don't understand how many organizations would trade everything for one championship. Like, let's get that straight. Like, this has worked. This worked. Yeah. But now you have to be smart going forward, or you can see yourself in a situation in in a in the pit of despair that we just got out of, even when we had Kobe. Or like what Cleveland went through until this year. Cleveland was pretty I was awful. Say, this feels a lot like that last year LeBron was in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean the only difference was their their manager traded away half the roster at the deadline. Yeah. But again, they still lost. Like, they went all in. Yeah. And I don't think, you know what's, you know what, dude? I think if the Lakers had more to go all in with, they would have. They just didn't have that much. They were aggressive. Like, uh, they had deals in place. Like, obviously, if they would have attached that first-round pick, they probably would have got a deal done. But I don't think any deal was out there. To- well, now there's a report, and I got to find it. But I don't know if you heard it, that it wasn't the Lakers giving up a first. It was a first-round swap in 2027 suppose i as i think zach low uh today on his like low post that he heard that maybe houston would be willing to instead just get the pick back they would do a first round swap but again like who's if you're the lakers you would probably assume your pick might be a bit better than houston's at that point but who knows maybe houston's a bit worse but you're then also again putting your picks in other teams hands and they already have that tied up in new orleans where new orleans basically controls our picks for the next few years right. too so I think it was just a matter of keeping that pick to themselves. Uh, there was a report today from Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. You take it for what it is. Um, he said, if LeBron doesn't extend with the Lakers this summer, he's as good as gone. A, a Mark Stein, basically, in not so many words, said the same thing. It, that, that noise is just getting louder. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. If you're the Lakers and you know this season's not going to end well, this offseason's not going to – I don't think there's a move out there to push all their chips in on uh, – you have to think really hard about what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, and honestly, depending on how the next four weeks play out, you could even just shut AD down for the year and just kind of save that, you know, just like what's the, you know, you never know. Like they could make some sort of push. I mean, they're six games out of the six seed right now. And I doubt they, they get that high. I really do. But I mean, right now, if it ended today, you're playing the Clippers in the play. And are you very confident that, that you're making winning that game? Yeah, I have. Yeah. No, I don't like. I don't even know when AD's coming back. Honestly, no one like, does. I mean, he's not coming back in four weeks. That's what I'm saying. Like, if what you were gonna let these four weeks pan out, and if it's awful, then don't even try and come back at that point. That's in March. You know, I don't know when the season's officially over, but I <laughs> there's so many things, man. It's such a like they might not make the playoffs. Honestly, like yeah, if they, they get into the plan game and they lose the play, like I like if we think right now is ugly. Like there's going to be so many more articles that are coming out, so many more leaks, so many more like Stephen A. Smith going on first yeah. take or whatever. Uh, I mean, yeah. dude, they had a, they had a first round exit. They won the playing game against the Warriors. They had a first round exit. They were up two to one and it was still bad off. Like it was still a crazy off season, you know, like they weren't happy. Like, even though most, I think you were in this, in this boat, if AD doesn't get hurt, a lot of people thought they would beat the Suns, mm-hmm. and they still went out and, 
rebuilt this whole entire team. So if they don't even make the, the play in, can you imagine what this is going to look like? If LeBron even LeBron may ask for a trade at that point. Listen, we all know LeBron is about legacy. We all know this. It's not a breaking news here. LeBron's going to not want to be on a non-playoff team in his final two seasons or th- like what for? Like, mm-hmm. and if you're the Lakers, if you can get stuff for him, you should explore those options. I can't believe we're here. It's February 22nd. I, I, I don't even honest. I don't even know what a LeBron James trade even looks like. Me like that, that just that's just so hard to even imagine. Like he, he's talking about going to Cleveland. It's like, dude, does Cleveland want you? They're building a legit like team from the ground up. Bringing you in is going to throw it all in the blender, and who knows what happens after and, that. And if you're not Cleveland, who's taking the risk on a guy on the final year of his deal? Like, and he's not going to extend with anyone. Like, he's probably going to go into unrestricted free agency and just like sign wherever he wants. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, the Lakers are in a really tricky spot here. Yeah, I feel like the last time we podcasted two weeks ago. You were like on the verge of like joining my, my side. I don't think there is another side now. I think we're all on this side and like, this is it, dude. Like this is, it's just reality at, at yeah. this point. Like there's not that many games left. The Lakers, even if they, again, they can still, I, I think they're still going to make the plan. Um, even if they, you know, get into the first round, I don't, um, I, they really got to hope it's against golden state, not Phoenix. Like, um, I think Phoenix just too well off to like over, like they, they have enough, like they, they well, knows what happens with Phoenix with Chris Paul out for eight weeks. Oh, that's right. So who knows at this, you know, it's always a gamble, but yeah, yeah. whatever happens this off season, I, I think is definitely going to have LeBron in mind. You know, you're going to try to do your best to make that last year work somehow and hope to uh, again, but he's almost 42. So it's like, I don't know. They're, they're almost like in a, in a lose, lose situation. I think. Yeah. Uh, the Lakers play Friday. That's their next game against the Clippers. They don't leave LA until Monday, March 7th. So it's a long home stand. Uh, they do have a road game, but it's against the Clippers. So they don't actually leave LA until they play the Spurs on March 7th. And they have the Clippers, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Clippers, the Warriors until then. So um, five primetime games. Have fun with those games networks. Uh, there is something is there anything else with LeBron that you want to I mean we're all pounding the point this week um no like how how engaged do you think he's going to be these last final games like do you think he's just going to like go all out do you think that he thinks he has a real shot at MVP or is that not even is he not even on the radar Uh, I I think he always thinks he he's probably in the conversation but I don't think it's likely even if they win every single game from here on out like yeah it's probably not. Yeah, you're right. It's probably not likely, but if LeBron thinks that it's, he has a chance and I could see him just going out and I mean, he's third in points scored. So I don't, I don't know. Joel Embiid, I think is pretty much almost a lock at this point. He's got to really suck for the rest of the season. So anyways, we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, the Lakers do play though. They still have to find ways to fill a roster. Alex, you did say, Oh yeah. AD. Um, yeah. That so- guy. Oh, that, yeah. that guy's not playing. AD's out. There was an article today, and I want to run this by you, and then we'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, there was an article today on Fansided that listed the Lakers' three best lineups according to net rating without Anthony Davis. The results may shock you. Okay. What you want to hear it? 
I, I'm. Can I guess? A, so uh, the uh, yeah. So it was a minimum of 25 minutes played, and you're like, oh, that's a very small sample size. The Lakers only have seven, according to this article, 17 lineups that have played at least that. Yeah. So they don't have like. There's been no consistency whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So when I read you the numbers, it's a small sample size, but the Lakers are nothing but small sample sizes this year. So there's, I'll give you the top three. You can take a guess as maybe what you think the number one is. Okay. So go for it. Oh, do you want it? Want me to just read you the? Yeah, just read them. Yeah, just read. Okay. So number three, this one, uh, kind of makes sense. Avery Bradley, LeBron James, Stanley Johnson, Malik Monk, and Russell Westbrook. Uh-huh. That is a plus 12.9 net rating. They've played uh, the most lineup of, of any of the lineups that were eligible with 77 minutes played together. So Avery Bradley, LeBron, Stanley Johnson, Malik Monk, and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that, make, I, that kind of feels like what the lineup might be going forward, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, with LeBron playing the five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably. Vogel loves Avery. He's like this year's Rondo, I feel like. Yeah, Bradley is just going to be on a on a Vogel team for the rest of his career, basically. The second best lineup for the Lakers. This one is like what? Uh, these guys have played together twenty nine minutes. That is Carmelo Anthony, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Malik Monk, and Russell Westbrook. So I, with I, LeBron LeBron on the bench, when you got to bench him, the best lineup the Lakers can play is that one with a plus nineteen point seven net rating. Wow. That's Carmelo, Wayne, Dwight, Monk, Russ. Why does that work? You got a big man with Russ for a pick and roll and nothing but shooters. Shooters. Yeah. That's it. That's the only, that's, that's what I saw there. And this one is the best lineup without Anthony Davis. These guys have played together 25.6 minutes, whatever that means. Uh, this is by far their best lineup with a net rating of plus 38.2, which in the entire league, would make them the 17th best five man lineup in the entire league. Is is Reeves in that lineup? He's not. Oh wow. Okay. Kind of surprising when I read you the uh, okay. LeBron and Russ. Mm-hmm. Dwight. And these last two might surprise you. THT and Avery Bradley. Wow, that's a weird lineup. It is okay. the best defensive lineups that the Lakers have by far. They allow 75 points per 100 possessions. That's 10 points better than the next best lineup and is the third best defensive lineup in the entire NBA. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, I know, like you said, it's a small sample, and the Lakers have all been small sample size all year. But, um, yeah, they got to put together some types of lineups here to get them through. And, yeah. they got, again, we're, we're past the point of, like, yeah, we need to experiment. Like, no, we need to find yeah. a lineup that works. So maybe one, gonna, one of these. I think they're going to try and win some games, obviously, because they want to make the play-in. But – I think if if you if Polinka does have any control over this, you just got to tell him, hey, play THC more, play Reeves more, play Monk, and just let the young guys go do their thing. Like this is we have to develop these guys. THC has to develop. You know, we gave him a lot of money, so if if there's got to be some fine balance of trying to win games but giving the younger guys yeah. an opportunity. Who knows about Kendrick Nunn? Who the hell? I, I I said I don't think he's playing this year. I'll stand by that until he does. Um, but you know, like the the Avery Bradley's of the world, like you don't really need to see too much of that anymore. You don't um, definitely don't need to see Ariza and Ellington and Baysmore. Like you got to go young. M- Mello gives you points. You're going to see Mello, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what the Lakers do. But if you're listening to this and you're depressed, welcome. 
because so is everybody else. <laughs> it's just one of those things, you know, like it's what else are you going to talk about after the weekend we just had yeah. with no with no games? It's it's depressing and it's a uh, it's not a simple solution to say the least. It's not a simple solution. Alex, uh, three games until our next podcast. We will do a post game next Tuesday against the Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, Clippers, Pelicans, Mavericks. I think they go two and one. Two and one. The Pelicans are not good. The Clippers are below 500. And the Mavericks, I mean, I feel like they always beat the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mavericks are very good, 35 and 24. Um, two and three is probably the reasonable answer there. One and three sounds right to me. There you go. One and two, one and two. One and two. Right All right. You got things to do today. Alex at Alex M Regla. I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla 86 silver screen for all your Laker news. Um, and subscribe to this podcast. If you're listening, just hit that subscribe button, Spotify, Apple, anywhere that there is podcast. We are there. Alex, enjoy your evening. Stay dry out there. Everybody drive safe out there. Everybody. And we will talk to everyone next week. Thanks, dude. Thanks, man.